0: the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word.
1: Good afternoon and welcome. I'm Jim Stanley. This is a special edition of Fire Away Friday, as we will be taking questions that have been emailed in to us at word at AFR.net, word at AFR.net, or have come from Facebook. And this afternoon, I have both guys in the studio with me, and this is a pre-record, so you won't be able to call in today, but we do invite you to listen as we go through some of the questions of your fellow listeners. So I have Bert.
0: Harper, Harper. Almost, almost said, name.
1: "Bert McFarland <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Alex Harper." And we, Alex Harper, <laughs> I
1: will gladly receive that,
0: and uh, we are honorary family members. Uh, we sure are. We're brothers. We we've done this, guys, ten years plus. Oh yeah, and yeah. Uh, so it, it is.
2: You, you know? know, it doesn't seem like that. I mean, it seems like it was maybe two years ago yeah. that we. But um, the Lord allowed us to start working together a decade ago. Um, Around the time of the homegoing homegoing of Marvin Sanders Mm -hmm. Uh, We reference Marvin a lot, Jim Because we want to just acknowledge him and keep his memory alive But he was huge in this
1: entire radio network being formed, wasn't he? He was, he was our first general manager and he was the guy that hired me, and so they're not sure how, how, how to get rid of me at this point because, you know, usually the person that hires you is the one that
0: fires you. And That's security, so. man. You got security. Right, Listen, man. how I got on exploring the Word is, you know, uh, when, when Marvin would be here and Alex would be traveling, right. uh, he'd stick his head in my office after I got here, and if he said pastor... I knew I, right. he was going to ask me something. If he said Bert, I knew he was going to have a conversation. So he'd say the first time he said, "Pastor, would you mind doing exploring the Word today?" Alex can't be with us, and I I felt secure with with. Marvin you know mm-hmm. if a question he didn't like it he would just dismiss just, it and go to the next question sorry and, we, we're not going to talk about that that's today. exactly yeah. right and and Jim got a little bit of his training from Marvin well I,
1: I did and I'll, <laughs> I'll be honest
0: about that you
1: know I'm I'm the guy that always prefaces stuff with saying let's talk about the things that unite us not about the things that divide us and I um, when Alex was in recently, we had the opportunity, and we were talking about New Earth and Old Earth, and the and the different theories there. And we talked about how that was not a divisional point. That's not something that we should break fellowship over. Amen. And so uh, I, I think I've got questions today that will are, unite us.
0: That will unite us, amen. or amen. Uh, <laughs> maybe
1: maybe not. It just depends. We'll, we'll, we'll do see. our best. Hey, we'll
0: see how you guys do. Amen. Thank you, Jim, for being, when we do Fire Away Friday and we pre-record, we really enjoy you being the MC, brother. Amen. Right. We well, appreciate it.
2: And you know, I do, I do want to say this. I thank God for, for 10 years plus of faithful listeners that mm. listen to this show and everybody tuned in right now. We are sincerely grateful for you. And Bert and I, We somebody asked me today, I was eating lunch at um, a place where we go here in Tupelo, and they said, how do you and Bert, a, a listener, came over and asked me, how do we do all this show prep? Do we prep every morning? I said, well, not every morning. At least once a week, we'll have a pretty solid phone call and occasionally maybe twice a week. But I just want to say how I thank God for the listeners mm. that have stayed tuned in for a decade plus, and they they follow us pretty closely, and we give God the glory. Amen. Radio
0: wouldn't be much without listeners, would it? It wouldn't be. And so thank you, listeners. The, the
1: listenership right. continues to grow, Amen. and that's because people are telling other people, about AFR and exploring the Word. All right, guys. As they would say in baseball, batter up. (laughs) (laughs) So to what time period is Jesus referring when he says, the night cometh when no man can work? Does that mean no salvation in that time, no works of the Spirit or miracles? Is he referring
0: to the tribulation period? Okay. Mm -hmm. Alex, when I hear that word, there is a time. It lets you know that it is a mm-hmm. future event. It, it's it's not right now. Jesus said, "Do the work now, while mm-hmm. you know while there's time." It is talking about a future event. Is it talking about eternity, or is it talking about a time here mm-hmm. upon earth? That's the big question, Alex.
2: I, I tend to think that it's talking about the end of time because it says that. Um, uh, we are children of the day. We're not children of, of the the night. And it says, also, the Bible says, um, uh, "Summer has come. The harvest is past, and we are not saved." That's a, a lament of people that didn't know the Lord. I think it's coming. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's referring to like Hebrews 9:27. It's appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. What Christ is trying to get across to us, I believe, is there's a window of opportunity to be saved. And to serve the Lord that's called our lifetime the day comes when we leave this world and and let me just say um, there's no second chance after death Mm. I mean the only opportunity you have to get right with God is in this life and don't don't be misled that well some people get a second chance after death no Uh, so I think it's speaking of the finality of of death and when death comes and we enter into eternity,
0: um, there's no more chance. I agree. Let me give you a biblical example, okay. not necessarily of eternity, but missing the boat, missing the opportunity. When the children of Israel were coming out of bondage, they came to Kadesh Barnea. Of course, that when the 12 spies were sent in. And Caleb and, and Joshua come back with a great report, said, man, let us go up immediately and take it. God's given them to us. Mm-hmm. The 10 said, no, we're grasshoppers in their eyes. And the people believed the, the 10. Mm-hmm. And uh, after some things happened in the judgment, guess what? They decide, okay, let's let's go on in. And man, no way could they go in. They got beat back. Sometimes the opportunity only happens one time. Mm. Now, that, that kind of... So the work that God wants you to do, uh, you better do it now. Uh, Don't take a chance on tomorrow. Now, there may be a tomorrow, Mm -hmm. but don't take a chance on that. Uh, Do it today. Amen. Uh, Alex, you may have
1: met this listener. He was at the Cove with you when you did, okay. when you taught there, mm-hmm. and so he also wanted you to know he was impressed by your teaching. Well, I guess that's a lot better than something else he could have said. <laughs> to God be the glory. <laughs> to, we we thank the
2: Lord for the Cove and the chance to go there, and um, i got to give God the praise. It was sold out. There were like 320 people, and 99% of all the attendees were indeed AFR listeners. Wow. Uh, but it was a we had revival. I'm gonna tell you, uh, this was this past summer, and I'll be there next summer, July seven through nine in 2023. Get your
1: tickets now
2: at thecove.org. <laughs> what are you gonna be teaching? Second uh, Peter.
0: Okay, I thought First Peter this time. Yeah, Second
2: Peter. If if Will Graham invites you to teach at the Cove, he wants you to do a book of the Bible, and it's been my honor. Like I did the book of Genesis a couple of years ago. Now you got to understand, in a Friday night, Saturday through Sunday, mm-hmm. it is not easy to do all fifty chapters of the book of Genesis. Well, it's, it's in a week- what you
0: choose. <laughs> it's what you choose to leave out. Exactly.
2: But uh, for for those that support us whenever we do a Bible conference at the Cove, I sincerely thank you.
1: Amen. Well, folks, this is Exploring the Word on American Family Radio, special Fire Away Friday edition. We won't be taking your phone calls today, but we are answering some of the questions we've gotten from uh, Facebook and from folks that send them to us to word at AFR.net. All right, guys, another time frame. And we have talked about this before, but I honestly couldn't remember the answer now, I think I, I remember what it was, and so I thought we might look at it again today. When was the fall of Lucifer and a third of the angels from heaven, as referred to in Luke ten eighteen? The question is, did this happen before Adam and Eve? And uh, the person goes on to say they believe that the angels were created before man, that they had heard that on the program, and that Satan was thrown from heaven. And the one last part of the question from Job one six, and I'll go back in any of this that you need me to to go back to, I can. Uh, even though Satan was thrown from heaven, did he still have limited access to God as he presented himself in Job? Okay, let me go the
0: the last first. I, the last shall be first. That's right. Okay. Uh, he has to make his appointments, Satan. Okay, isn't that great? I thought that line was good. Satan's got to make his appointments with God. Mm-hmm. And at this appointed time, he did appear before him. Uh, they say, what about seeing up in heaven mm-hmm. with the throne of God? He he appears before them. And, yes, I still think Satan is. He has not lost The title, Accuser of the Brethren. Mm -hmm. He is still accusing. Now, where he does that from to God is a matter of less, we don't know for sure. But at that time, he did appear before God because God called him, Have you considered my servant Job? Mm -hmm. And so he is still accountable. Satan has a rope on his area of operation. In other Mm -hmm. words, he has. He's uh, on a short he's leash. He's on a short leash. There's boundaries for that that fella. There really is.
2: Well, you know what? Uh, it's funny. I had this question just last Sunday. I was in a church on a Sunday night, and somebody asked about this, and said um, there weren't there two creations, the creation of the heaven and earth and the solar system, and I said, what was the other? And they said, well, the creation of the angels. And I said, well okay granted that's a little bit different though because the earth and the planets Mm -hmm. that's that's matter whereas angels are spirit but um it's interesting in the book of job we we learn a lot about satan in the book of job because at the very beginning of the book of job uh the one that the bible calls the accuser comes before god and says oh sure job serves you because you've blessed him so much but you let me beat up on him a little bit and he'll curse you to your face and God says, I don't think so. But it's interesting, in Job 38.7, it says, the morning stars sang for joy at creation. Now, what do we get from that? Who were the morning stars? I believe the angels, non-fallen. Mm-hmm. The fall hadn't occurred yet. Um, so I think the angels had to have been created at some point prior to the earth being created.
0: I agree. Uh, all the evidence is there. Because Lucifer being able to enter to the serpent, uh, there had to be. Yes, at the garden. There had to be a previous time that he was created and then the fall. So there had to be that. And what Alex said is so important the matter that was created, that's the Mm -hmm. creation. That we f- find in the book of Genesis
2: yes the God spoke into existence the planets and the earth now it's interesting now job 4 uh, I'm sorry Isaiah 14 says you were perfect in all your ways until iniquity was found in you mm. now somehow or another Lucifer got jealous of God maybe he saw this planet getting created and he thought I'm gonna overthrow and I'll be God and he no. was kicked out of heaven.
0: Hey, that's that's been man's problem too, wanting to be God. Amen. We want we like to be in charge, don't we? All right, mm-hmm. folks, this is a special edition of Fireaway Friday here on American Family
1: Radio's Exploring the Word, and we'll be back with more of your Bible questions straight ahead. Now, back to the Bible study with Alex and Bert. He
2: became sin, who knew no sin, that we might become his righteousness.
0: You're listening to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio.
1: Welcome back to a special edition of Fire Away Friday. Jim Stanley in studio. With Dr. Alex McFarland and Brother Bert Harper And I try to do this at least once When I'm on the program with Alex And um, so I want to do it now Folks, uh, Alex has a ton of resources available Some are available in the AFA store And others are available at alexmcfarland.com That's alexmcfarland.com You can also find ways to invite him to your church Or to your special event there as well and again that's alexmcfarland.com Alex hold on I can see you want to say something I want to give Bert Harper
0: the same exposure and I always mess his up I I, do it repairing the foundations plural foundations if you don't put the s on there you'll find how to fix your house. how to fix your house well
1: (laughs) you know in some ways repairing the
0: foundations it is appropriate that that was already here when I came that mm-hmm. website was already here when I came on board right and we talked about it and we said man this is what you and Jan try to do is help families and and that's what we try to do we Jan and I don't travel as much as Alex does mm-hmm. but we do uh, marriage retreats and conferences and uh, the reason Jenny and I do it because uh, she you're listen, an old married couple. Yeah, exactly. Here's what I tell folks: <laughs> I tell folks what I should have done, and she tells them what she I, she wished I'd have done. Right. Makes a great conference man. Now, Alex, <laughs> seriously, at
1: AlexMcFarland.com, it's yeah. not complicated to invite you, is it? No. Uh, listen,
2: I will preach at the drop of a hat, and I'll drop the hat. But, Jim, I appreciate you giving that plug out there. I really do love to uh, travel and teach. And on my website, there's a calendar of where I'm going to be between now and the end of this year. I've got a lot all over the nation. And one word of encouragement, young people especially are hungry for truth. They really are. And, um, Jim, thanks to... AFR and Tim Wildman allowing me to promote. We did four youth camps over this past summer. We were in front of more than 650 teenagers, and uh, we were in Georgia, Colorado, Iowa, and North Carolina. 650 teenagers over, I think it was 125 salvation decisions, and then everybody else made some sort of commitment to pray for their schools. Mm -hmm. And I want to give a word of encouragement um, that people. And even, yes, young people are hungry for a solid rock on which to stand. Right. And we've got
1: it, and it's the Word of God. You know, I, I think that's one of the things that I've noticed more and more, and we've said this before, is that this generation is seeking foundational truth. And so they are going back To what their grandparents and great grandparents stood on, you know, uh, versus what the whims of the day are, and and if you look at the whims of the day, they're anything but solid, you know. I mean, just and again, this we don't really get into political here, but let's look at the transitions of COVID. And even the different things that were said about it, and then the next day something else was said, and the next day something else was said. So there has not been a foundational truth found in what caused or how to treat it. Uh, You know, and and I say this all the time, um, our dogs have to get rabies updates once a year, you know, and that's because rabies change some. Mm. But when you have to get boosters and everything every couple of three months, I don't think you've got the vaccination worked out yet. Aren't you glad? And let
2: me, forgive me for interrupting, but Jude verse three, little one page book of Jude, it says that we're to earnestly stand up for the faith once mm -hmm. delivered. Now, booster shots change and I'm uh, goodness, I can't turn my computer on without having to do a fix, a patch. <laughs> it's just update. bad when it
0: happens in the middle of the show. That's, That's right. when it's bad, right? The
2: beautiful thing. All right, the son of God gave his life on the cross, paid for our sins. We put our trust in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if we we put our faith in Jesus, we are saved. Aren't you glad that this is the faith once delivered? Yeah. Uh, and you know what? I've said this before, but I've I've been reading this book now for thirty five years, and I've never seen the words "best if used by" right. <laughs> expired day. You know <laughs> a, when does it expire? A gallon of milk. You better not drink it past that expiration date. That's right. But this word is forever and eternal.
1: Well, you know, and and when we think. Back to Genesis, and you were talking about the serpent and the garden earlier. Um, when you look back at that, that's one of the first things that the serpent tried to attack was the foundational truth from what God had said. Has God said. Has God said. And isn't it interesting that today that people are going back, well, you know the earliest um, translations of the Bible, those were fake. So everything you've been studying has been fake since the beginning. Did God really say, you know? You, you
2: know, what? I, when I read that in Genesis 3, you can just hear the the malice and the skepticism. It's almost like the servant says, you're putting me on. You mean God told you that? Come on. And, and Adam and Eve were misled. I want to say it, and we we'll, we would shout it from the housetops. The Word of God is forever. The Son of God rose from the dead. The only man that ever walked on water mm. said in John ten thirty five, the Scripture cannot be broken. Amen. End of story.
1: With that in mind, we talk about foundational truths, and then we have other truths that have been found. I, and I would put a, a, a small case T on that truth. We have a question about trying to do some research on the Dead Sea Scrolls transition, translation versus what John Marco Allegro has said. And now, I don't know who John Marco Allegro is. I'll be honest about that. And I don't really study the Dead Sea Scrolls. I acknowledge that they're there. And I know that in uh, some other denominations, they include those as part of their Bible, but they were left out of the canonized Bible. And so with that in mind, you know, is that something we should really put a lot of time studying, or should we study the foundational truth?
0: The Dead Sea Scrolls has done more to validate Mm -hmm. the Old Testament than uh, any discovery of late. Uh, Every I think there was a fragment from every was it from every one of the books or just about all but one um, or two.
2: Every book but but Esther. Esther.
0: Yeah. There was fragments found in those it that legitimizes the like it needed to be, mm-hmm. but it does. The Dead Sea Scrolls was a great find and it validated uh and this is what happens all the time. The archaeologists mm-hmm. mm-hmm. when they find something buried beneath all the layers of of time, Mm -hmm. guess what? It validates. One of the things was Daniel. And him being a ruler, third, they found out, no, oh, he wasn't. Yes. but he was the third ruler. They had found out yeah. there was another ruler besides the king, mm. and he was the third ruler. It validated Daniel and what it was said rather right. than, uh, you know, devaluing it. Let, let me speak a little bit
2: about John Mark Allegro because um, I'm sure you all have heard of Joe Rogan, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, We have to go back a little bit, and part of the reason that this is worth spending some time on is because a lot of young people have been misled. Um, And I remember in the fall of 89, when I was starting seminary at Liberty University, so this is a long time ago, we were studying um, liberalism and the challenges to the gospel. And you might have remembered the Jesus Seminar where some people, they said what Jesus did or didn't say. Well, among—there uh, was a book by Hugh Schoenfeld called The Passover Plot, and it said, well, what happened was the disciples stole the body of Jesus. There was this—they said, we're going to fake a Messiah at Passover. But there was another book from the early 70s by John Mark Allegro called The Sacred Mushroom and the Cross. Now, you got to understand, it, it's amazing how— um, you remember Mark Twain once said that uh, a lie could travel halfway around the world while the truth is just getting mm-hmm. its shoes put on. This is an example of how a debunked legend and lie keeps rearing its head. Because, I, rem- I mean, I'm talking 33 years ago I learned this stuff. Okay, The Sacred Mushroom and the Cross was a completely fanciful book, no basis whatsoever in reality, that said, the disciples—the reason they thought Jesus rose was because they were taking psychedelic drugs, at mushrooms, and they were like peyote. There were a peyote psychedelic cult. Now, John Mark Allegro was at one time uh, an Old Testament scholar, but he became an agnostic, rejected belief in God, and he was in the sixties. Um. And and I think we all know, if you know your cultural history, the 60s were a crazy weird time of Where? all sorts of mischief. And um, anyway, the bottom line, that book, I would not heard of that book or that man for 30 years. And Joe Rogan, who's got a, a pretty big podcast, mm-hmm. I'm told, although I, I honestly really don't know anything about Joe Rogan, but he came out about a month ago. And he said, look, Christianity is false. you got to understand, I just came across this book that said the disciples took drugs and had hallucinations. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I hadn't heard that in 35 years. Here's my point, folks. Um, errors and lies, they get repackaged. They rear their head. Um, young people that are on to social media, the, the sacred mushroom and the cross was a bombshell 30 days ago. I want to say this, folks, that has continually been debunked. It is not true. What is true is what uh, is amazing, that Jesus rose, the tomb was empty, mm. very shortly after the resurrection. Not only was the gospel being spread throughout the ancient world, but people were willing to lay down their life for it. And one last thing, um, Sean McDowell, the son of Josh McDowell, did his Ph. Dissertation. On the first 200 years of Christianity, how many from the apostles, you know, Peter, James, and John that knew Jesus up through countless multitudes were willing to die at the hands of Roman persecution, uh, and some were martyred in unspeakably painful ways. Why were they willing to give their life? Not
1: one ever denied it because they knew Jesus had risen. Amen. Folks, this is Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Jim Stanley in with Dr. Alex McFarland and Brother Bert Harper. And this is a special edition of Fire Away Friday. We're not taking phone calls today, but I have pulled some questions from email and the Internet, and so we're answering some of those today. All right, guys, this question references 1 Timothy, and uh, it's 1 Timothy 1, and I'm going to pick up at verse 12. Says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him, even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ. In my insolence, I persecuted his per- people, but God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was! He filled me with faith. And love that came from Christ Jesus. The question is about blasphemy. And the, the question, of course, about Paul was Paul said he was a blasphemer, but he found forgiveness. And we understand blasphemy to be the unpardonable sin. So they're look this is another one of those gotcha questions, I think. You know, I, I don't know that they're not looking for the actual matter behind it But it's almost like one of those things Well if that's the unpardonable sin How is Paul pardoned
0: Okay that is not the unpardonable sin Blaspheme against the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. Denying him uh, Saying no to him And, and I, I don't You know John said I don't know exactly how long you pray for that You know he said that's out of his area mm-hmm. But we don't know for sure About a person But Paul knew who he was, and far as he was concerned, his false teaching, his anger toward Jesus Christ. You remember when he Mm -hmm. was on the road, it was against Christ. Uh, It's hard for you to kick against these goads, you know? And so God delivered him from his speech, Mm -hmm. his thoughts, his actions. All of those was involved in his—it was more than just a statement— and it was more than just a thought, wasn't it, Alex? It was real actions on, on uh, Paul's part when he was Saul, by the way.
2: You, you know, we've gotten this question. It's been a little while since we've gotten this question. Uh, blasphemy is to, among other things, curse God mm-hmm. uh, or to, you know, in fact, there was terrible blasphemy committed in the life of Christ when they attributed the works of God to the power mm-hmm. of Satan, which I, it makes me tremble to even say that, but this is like in Matthew 12. And so, here is the thing. Um, the question of this, Jesus called it, and this is the worst sort of willful, forceful unbelief, Matthew 12, 31 through 32, um, Jesus said, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. So, clearly... Paul could be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Paul says in 1 Timothy one twelve, I was a blasphemer, I did it ignorantly and in unbelief. Well, Jesus says all manner of sin and blasphemy can be forgiven. But what can't be? The blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men, and whosoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven. But whoever speaks against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven, Matthew 12 31 and 32 so um in fact i wrote an entire article about this that i believe is on the stand um if it if if i haven't given this to ray rooney yet i'll do this right away the blasphemy against the holy ghost that jesus talked about in matthew 12 i really don't think that could be committed today the only thing that would put you beyond the reach of salvation today is to leave this world in a state of unbelief mm. If you're in the land of the living And you want to be saved Call out to Jesus He'll save you
1: Amen Folks this is Exploring the Word On American Family Radio Alex McFarland, Burt Harper And Jim Stanley in studio with you today And we'll be back with more of your questions Right after this
0: This is Exploring the Word On American Family Radio Everybody.
1: I know we're looking for revival. We've all talked about it. We've all prayed about it. We continue to pray about it, and we encourage our listeners to pray about it, that you would take and pray for revival for America and for the world. This is Exploring the Word. I'm Jim Stanley, and it's my privilege to be in studio today with Dr. Alex McFarlane and Brother Bert Harper. Just before the break, we were talking about blasphemy, and you guys mentioned a couple of things that blasphemy was. What about a couple of things that blasphemy is not?
0: Well, I, I think what we go to is really the last thing that Alex read about the against the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. blaspheme the Son, the Father. And what Paul was definitely doing is blaspheming Jesus. He was not God. And mm-hmm. until Jesus appeared to him, he didn't believe it. So I, I don't believe it is necessarily unbelief at one point. I don't think it's necessarily taking God's name in vain, as Alex said, uh, attributing to 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 uh, to Satan what God has done. What a dangerous thing that is! But notice what it is, and it's hard to say what it's not. But it's he did it in what ignorance. Mm. So I really believe blaspheming has to do with some truth, Alex and Jim. Mm-hmm. Okay. Blasphemy has to do, not in ignorance. No, I don't trust Christ. No, I don't do that in ignorance. But when truth has been revealed to you and you reject that truth, whether that's blasphemy or it's close to it, I would say that, Alex. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, um,
2: at, at its heart, the word kind of means slander, but it, it it really blasphemy implies a rejection and more than just a rejection it's like let's say you're sitting at the table and somebody says uh, you know would, would you like some more green beans you say no thank you uh, that's a rejection but uh, blasphemy is really a repudiation it's not only saying no but it's like uh, rejection repudiation in the strongest possible terms now, when we think of somebody taking the Lord's name in vain, we say that's blasphemy, and it is. But here's the thing about the people in Jesus' time. The scribes and the Pharisees had the strongest, most undeniable amount of God's revelation ever. Okay, They knew the Scriptures intimately. They knew all the Messianic prophecies. And here right in front of them is Jesus, incarnate God, doing miracles that they saw as undeniable. Jesus had the power of God. They knew, and you've got to imagine, they must have calculated in their mind, okay, well, wait a minute, let's see, he was born at Bethlehem, he's come teaching in parables, he read Isaiah 61, this day scriptures fulfilled in your ears, uh, Passover is coming. I mean, I here in their presence is the Son of God, and Jesus said, Mark 2, I've got power to forgive sin. I'm Mm. the Lord of the Sabbath. You call me Lord, and so I am. And if you've seen me do these things by the finger of God, then God must be here with you. And what did they say? They said he's demon-possessed. That level of willful rejection and unbelief was inexcusable, and it amounted to a repudiation
1: of the revelation of God and the overtures of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Exploring the Word on American Family Radio, special Fire Away Friday edition. We invite you to submit questions to word at AFR.net, word at AFR.net, or you can also go to our Facebook page there and uh, message us some questions that way as well. Here's one for you. Do the opening of the seven seals happen after the rapture
0: or have some already begun as some are saying. Alex, this is after the rapture, but I want to say it's just like in the Old Testament. You find truth that is happening right then that Isaiah would see, uh, that other Jeremiah would see, mm-hmm. but it also is set in a future context. Mm-hmm. In other words, this is like a preview. You, you know, you've had previews of movies mm-hmm. or whatever, and they show you a little bit. Well, these happen in our day. We we're getting us some previews of everything. I believe that with all my heart right now, but the ultimate seals are later on. But I, I think these previews are for our warning, Alex and Jim. You know, yeah. But they are s- snippets of yeah, what's going good. to happen. Yeah, okay.
2: You know, uh, I love to go to concerts, and I'm gonna tell you, Jim. Have you ever been to like a concert, and um, the house lights go down? And you hear the drummer does a a couple of kicks on the drum, Mm -hmm. and the audience will clap. And the band hasn't started yet, and you hear the little uh, scratch as a guitarist plugs his guitar in. You know, the amp is on. And the the music hasn't begun yet, but there's these little snippets. Mm -hmm. You're like, any second now, it's all going to happen. And the lights come up, and there's... The Beach Boys. Uh, but, uh, How did I know that's who his band would be? At, at any rate, it's exciting. And I want to say this. I think the seven seals are opened during the tribulation and after the rapture. And, and these are judgments. The seals and the trumpets and the bowls are, are judgments. But i got to tell you, uh, we just might be feeling the birth pangs near seeing some of the signs happen.
0: Um, And uh, we may very likely be near the return of Christ. I don't mean to be negative, but I'm going to for a minute. A lot of the people that I've talked to that are pre-millennial, pre-trib, they want that because they don't want to suffer. Hmm. That, you know, in other words, they heard it preached. They don't want to go through they years. They don't want to go through that. And I understand that, but that's not the basis by which Alex and I make our our thoughts that this right. is during right. the tribulation, after the rapture. Right. Uh, but that does not preempt these snippets that Alex and I are talking about being painful and hurtful. Well,
1: you know, and I, and I said 40 years, folks, I want you to understand, I do know the tribulation is only seven. <laughs> but uh, Christians— and, It's and going to seem it, like
0: 40. <laughs> it sure is.
1: Uh, well, I mean, you think about that, and you think about the wrath of God being displayed on earth through the different— bowls and and through the different seals and oh my goodness you know uh, this the scripture talks about us wanting to go into a cave and have the mountain fall on us because, because it's going to be the, some...
2: the wrath of the lamb mm-hmm. isn't that something don't. you don't you don't think of a little lamb showing wrath but look Jesus came the first time as a merciful suffering savior but he's going to come back the second time as a victorious conquering king. Mm. And listen, uh, Jesus is merciful. Jesus is patient. For some of you listening, Jesus is calling you even today, and you know it. And this is the time. Call out to Jesus and be saved and know that you're ready, because God loves you, and God doesn't want you to perish. However, if you reject too long, the, the time of God's mercy is not forever. The Bible mm. God says, I will my spirit will not strive with man forever. But you have today, you have right now that you can turn to Christ and not suffer the tribulation or the wrath of God.
1: Well guys, that that's a good word. Uh, I was watching a program the other day and the person since we were talking about Paul and his you know, how he came to the Lord and everything. As he was going down the road to Damascus, this person was was saying that, well, you know, Paul saw the cross uh, on the road to Damascus. And that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that he saw Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just want to, and I say that because it goes back to foundational truths and how these things now, had he seen the cross, that would have been great. You know, if that had had the power to convert him, and I know, and you guys know where I'm going, but the cross in and of itself does not have the power of conversion. It's He who hung upon that cross. So even those little things, when they get away from the foundational truth, that's it's still important
0: to get back to the bedrock, isn't it? It is. And what there were three crosses. Mm-hmm. Okay, if it was just the the cross itself, the instrument of the cross, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But it was the person on the cross, and it is an empty cross. The crucifixes, you, they can wear them, but Jesus is no longer there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm out of trouble uh, now. I, Thank okay, you, Bert. Okay, so, <laughs> But I, it is Jesus, the risen Lord, that he saw. He saw the risen Lord. But Paul would say... If I preach anything besides the cross, let me be accursed. And so what you do is the cross work. Mm -hmm. Would that be a good word to add to that? The work that Jesus did on the cross who knew no sin and become sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So the cross has its ministry. But I want to tell you, the resurrection completed that ministry with Him ascending to the Father after that. Um,
2: You you know, Psalm 19 talks about the heavens and earth bear witness to the glory of God. The law of the Lord is perfect. A lot of scholars have talked about the fact that there is general revelation. Everybody knows creation had a Creator. But then there's conviction, our, our conscience. But then there's special revelation. Who is Jesus and what did He do? In Acts 9, 3 through 5, Paul is headed toward Damascus. It doesn't say a cross that he saw, but it says there shined all around him a light from heaven. Mm. Okay, this has got his attention. He falls to the ground. He hears a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus. In a way, there's general revelation, conviction, and specific revelation. Okay, the light is all around him. He, uh, what in the world? There, something's from heaven all around me. He falls to the ground. Then there's conviction. Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then there's this specific revelation. I am Jesus. And he was converted, as we know. But here's the thing. God makes himself, in various ways, God makes himself known to people. The guys, there might even be somebody listening right now, and you... you you say, well, I, you know, I believe that God might exist. There's probably a creator. I believe in God in some vague sense. The question is, though, are you born again? Hmm. It's not enough just to one day stand at the judgment and say, Well, you know, I I acknowledge something created all this. It's not that. It's a someone, it's a person, it's Jesus. And Jesus Christ who died and rose again, wants to have a relationship with you. And today might be your Damascus Road Day, friend. And n- don't just know about God, but have a relationship with Jesus. Jim, we partner with a ministry. Do I have this correct? Is it 1-800-NEED-HIM? Yes, sir. And see, look, you can call that number. Look, no strings attached. Nobody's going to ask you for money or anything. one 800 Need him. Make sure that you've got Christ in your life. Maybe you're driving and, and you can't call right this minute, but this as soon as you can, call one 800 need Him, and somebody will pray with you. You can either come to the Lord, maybe you need to come back to the Lord, or maybe even right where you are right now, you could just pray within your heart and say, Dear Lord Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner and I am sorry for my sins. But I do believe you are the Son of God, and I ask you to come into my life, wash my sins away, save me. And do you know if you pray that just now, the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Mm -hmm. Guys, whenever we talk about Saul becoming Paul or the brevity of life, I just feel like with an audience of listeners this size, we need to remind people This is more important than anything else you could ever do There is nothing, nothing as important As where you stand with Christ
1: So settle that today Amen All right, so as a follow-up to what you just said This is a question that we get often, okay So now that people have come to know the Lord And they may have thought they were Christians for years Folks, I I want to be clear You may have a hundred, you know Perfect attendance awards for Sunday school That doesn't get you into heaven You know, it, it's the repentance It's believing in Christ It's the mercy of God that gets you into heaven So if someone wants to learn more And this, again, a question we get often What are some of your
0: favorite study Bibles? Okay, I I have several And I, the one that we've had recently Jeremiah Study Bible I just want to tell you it's good. I've got it. You know, I'm. we're moving from mm-hmm. office to another office, you know, and uh, I stacked up some of my helps, my <laughs> books, but I left two or three of them out. Right. Jeremiah study Bible is one of them, and the Disciples' study Bible is awesome. There's several of them. Uh, they're very—the Holman—what's uh, right. it called now? The the, uh, the Christian uh, Standard Bible. Holman Christian Standard. Christian Standard. Well, yeah. they took Holman off. Yeah, yeah they did, and I—, I you know, was know for marketing it. reasons. Well, yeah. yeah, it's it stood for Hardcore Southern That's Baptist right. HC, so they <laughs> took the, the H off. Go ahead.
2: Well, yeah, and there a good good one, the Life Application Bible. Oh yeah. Um, and there's a lot of study notes in there, and and there are several different versions of, of that. Not only like the they
1: have New King James, mm-hmm. they have King James. They have the niv the old i want to be clear the The old niv yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then they also have the new living translation and they may have a couple i don't know about
2: and let let me throw uh, a word out here two if if you like the king james and i mean i got one right here i grew up on my mother's my grandmother's knee listening to grandmother joy recite bible verses from the king james okay um thomas nelson puts out one called the believers study bible Mm. and it was originally done by the professors of liberty university under jerry falwell and back then 20 years ago it was called the liberty study bible i remember i had one of those a lot of good notes that and now I think they market it under the name the Believers Study Bible. Mm-hmm. If you want King James, that's a real
1: good study Bible. It is. All right, folks, that's gonna do it for today's edition of Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. I'm Jim Stanley with Alex McFarland and Bert Harper.
0: And Bert, take us home. I tell you what, study the Word, stay in the Word, believe the Word, live the Word, and I want to just tell you. When that time comes to meet the Lord Jesus Christ, we want to hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you master over many. I don't know everything that means, but I want to be there and find out. Listen, keep on listening to Exploring the Word, AFR, and be sure and tell someone about it. But more importantly, make sure you tell them about Jesus.